lead us by your spirit. Lord, parachurch ministries like Harriet Tubman movement, their event this weekend, whatever it is, God, when you want us to give, we say, yes, Lord. Can we all just say, yes, Lord? God, because it's all yours. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Hey, little plug for the Harriet Tubman movement. They have a fundraiser this weekend, and um, that's available to you. Uh, it's like a pig roast, I think. So pff, I love pork. I don't know about you, but yeah. So uh, $25. Uh, my <laughs> Will, don't laugh at me like that. Will's just shaking his head in shame. Sorry. Uh, my music company, Innovate Records, we give to, uh, to Harriet Tubman. That's our missional expression. So if you want to pick up somebody and, and donate uh, monthly, that's a great ministry to donate to. Well, we are in a sermon series called Teach Us to Pray. All right? So how many of you guys know that the disciples walked up to Jesus and they said, hey, how are we supposed to do this thing? We see you go off at... You know, five, six in the morning, and you, when you come back, you say that you were praying to your father. What do we, what do, we do? What do we say? In fact, let's just be honest. I love, I love honesty as a core value here. How many guys would just be transparent enough to say there are times when you don't know what to say in prayer? All right? Yeah. And uh, the disciples were feeling the same way. So they said, hey, teach us what to say. Teach us to pray. And Jesus said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go alone. Um, Get away with just the Father, and he says this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. That's the part we're focusing on today. It's going to be a fun service. Give us this day our daily bread, right? Because there's honey in the rock, right? There's manna every day. I know, we're about to sing again. Listen, that song, bless me. All right. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven others. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. So Jesus, as we said last week, is teaching us how to pray, what to say, how to think. And we talked last week about putting God first, recognizing that he alone is in heaven. He alone is God. He alone is the creator. All right? I'm saying it in a new way this month to help us kind of wrap our mind around it. He's an artist. How many of us would say, how many of us have ever looked at a sunset and been like, whoa, you are an amazing Artists. Sometimes I love being out on Mosquito Lake. I know, it's the worst name in the world. Mosquito Lake. Pfft, terrible idea. But anyway, but it's beautiful. You see the sunset out there. You see God is an artist. He's king. He's father. We talked last week. We spent a good about 25 minutes on who is Satan. He's a poser. He's an intruder, right? He wants to be worshipped. But God's like, no, kicked him out of heaven. That's for my youth pastor days coming in. Sorry. Who is man? Look at your neighbor and say, who is you? That was weird. I apologize about that grammar. Let's try that again. <laughs> Need more coffee. Look at your neighbor and say, who are you? <laughs> Can I tell you guys a funny story real quick? I'll just be distracted for just a minute. Ruth comes up to me. Ruth is that person that just like every church needs a Ruth. She just solves a lot of problems for me. Give, give, give Ruth a hand. She's just amazing. She's our hospitality Hospitality director, so like greeters and all kinds of different things for making people feel welcome. And she walks up to me and I said, hey, you want to hear something funny? I just stole someone's coffee because I didn't have time to make my own. And she goes, that was mine. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. It was a good time. All right. <laughs> good times. What are the chances? All right. Who is man? Image of God, right? You are the, literally called to be the image of God on the earth. Yeah, that's what Genesis says. 
And you are to steward, and these are big concepts, and we're going to go through them, but you're to steward what God has given you. Jesus restores that. Oh, come on. And you are his child, meaning everything that he has belongs to you. We just adopted Lucas last month. Everything in uh, my will in the future, if I were to get hit by a truck, it just doesn't go to my girls. It goes to Lucas and my girls because he's adopted into the family. Come on. His name, like I said last night, say, I am Lucas. I'm Lucas. Leroy Beal, right? Deal. He says deal, but whatever. He's my child, right? So this is so cool how you start to understand who is God and who are you, and then you can properly live and function with joy the way God designs you to live. And so many people don't because they don't understand that right there. So the battle we talked about this last week, the battle that you're in, the battle that you feel is often uh, a, a signal to you, right, of this side of the screen, that in heaven it's perfection. That's why in, in, when we have a funeral, when we experience loss, we, we grieve. Why? Within us, we know that there's somewhere that's perfect. That's why we grieve. We know that there's a place God has designed that is perfect. So why would Jesus say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth? Everybody say on earth. I was, re I was uh, uh, looking at uh, Ephesians this morning. And I was tempted to open my sermon and write some more, but I, I didn't. But uh, I'm going to say it anyway. So here we go. In Ephesians, Paul is in the stars, right? He's ethereal. He's talking, it's like one through three. He's talking about the greatness of God and the majesty of God, the grandeur of God. And then he says, and I kneel down. He kneels down. And you can, you can understand he's writing this from prison. Guys, Paul's knees are hitting a cold stone floor when he says, but God is able to do more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. God had so captivated this man's imagination that though he was in prison and in chains, he was set free. You know, you can't put a free man in a prison. He was already free. And he's writing to you and, he, and he's me and he's saying, God can do more than you can ever ask, think, or imagine. And he's saying these things from prison. And then he's talking about your real life. The next half of the book, it's very practical. Then he comes out of the ethereal, out of the stars, and he gets into the dirt. The Tuesday morning, the Monday morning. How many of you guys, again, I just asked this, but I want to ask again. How many of you guys work like a real job where there's real people, real problems to solve? Come on. Right? And again, the rest of you, I will pray for you. We also have a finance, we have a finance seminar coming up January. Not joking. I'll help you out if you are looking for that. All right. Luke chapter 2, I don't have time to read the whole thing, but Jesus comes into the temple and he says, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release the captives from, from prison. And he's anointed in this moment. He's already anointed, but he steps into his anointing after his water baptism. By the way, that's one of the things that happens in water baptism. People always start moving in a new season of life. So if you've never been baptized, listen, you're missing it you got to be baptized at the end of September. Don't miss that. But turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 10. And we're going to read something that I read last week. It's, it's a groundwork. It's a premise for the entire month. Verse 7. If you got it, say got it. Even if it's on the screen, say got it. So Jesus again said to them, truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Everybody say saved. 
All right? And he will go in and out and find pasture. That means rest. Do you know the number one thing people want in life is, is rest? I want peace. I just want peace, right? The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Say that with me. Say steal, kill, and destroy. That's who he is, right? But Jesus says, but I came that they may have life and life abundantly. Come on. Everybody say that's good news. When Jesus says he has come to give us an abundant life, I don't think that that always includes physical pain. And I'm going to challenge you this morning. If you, and by the way, there's something I'm going to say a few times in here that I understand that sometimes God doesn't heal right away. In fact, uh, I have a sermon that I, got, I remember getting a lot of good feedback from called When God Doesn't Heal. So after this sermon, if you say, yeah, but Jordan, I've been praying for this for four years or five years. I, I want to encourage you to go online, go on our podcast or YouTube and look up that sermon when God doesn't heal. So I won't have time today to go into all that. But I do want to say God does heal. I asked last week for some of you to send me testimonies. I got over 20 testimonies of physical healing. All right. We're going to act like we're not on the PGA Tour this time. That's great. That's great, Jordan. Just going to give you a little courtesy clap. I said 20 people were healed. <laughs> come on, right? I'm going to have one of them come up and share. Where are you at, Amy? It was going to be the middle of my sermon. Now it's in the intro. So give, give your hand to Amy. She said, can I share? I said, yes. We're going old school Pentecost. Have a testimony time. Nobody get too excited. I'm not giving you the mic. I know we're not going to be here till 4 p.m. No, I'm just kidding. Give a hand to Amy one more time with their courage to share this real quick. Well, you kind of stole a little bit of the end. I did, sorry. <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Jordan was um, saying that, you know, I think somebody here needs a healing in their body. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely me. Um, my feet have just been bothering me a lot. Um, I work 12-hour shifts. And um, so I, uh, I definitely received the healing. And sometimes what happens is the devil tries to steal it back. And um, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I will say last night, um, Emma, she was praying over me, and she said, oh, no, not today, Satan. And I'm never going to forget that. And I said, you know what, that's so true. Um, because I know I was healed. I know I was set free. And not just in my healing, but in things in my life. And I've been delivered. And I'm never going to be the same again because of everything that God's doing in my life. And, um, of course, I was going to share John 10.10. 10, um, but, you know, the thief does come to steal, kill, and destroy. But, you know, Jesus came so that we would have an okay life. No, I don't think so. He came so we would have an abundant life. An abundant life means in every area of your life, not just your finances, not just your healing, everything, because he's called each and every one of you to do amazing things, because Jeremiah 29, 11 is my favorite verse, and he has so many good things for all of us. So let's not settle. Let's not just, um, I'm just going to get through today. I'm going to barely get by. No, he's called us to thrive. 
He's called us to just do these amazing things, and he's going to equip us because, yeah, we don't have all these gifts, but guess what? I know who does, and he, I mean, I could just, I'm getting my preach on, but I'm going to give the mic back to Pastor Jordan, and so. <laughs> so listen, I want to make sure they heard this because when you texted me, you said, I had some pain in my ankles. It was really bad. And God took that pain away? Hallelujah. This morning, I mean, it was just like he took it away, and then the devil keeps saying, no, I'm going to take it back. And I said, you know what? This morning I got up, and I could barely walk out of my bedroom door, and I just started praising God. And that's the other thing. Sometimes when you're like, I cannot do this, you act like you're healed. You start walking. I told Emma, I said, she goes, oh, I'm, I feel bad for you. I prayed for you. Now you can't jump on the trampoline. So I jumped on the trampoline last night because I said, I'm healed, Emma. Come on. <laughs> the Bible says, call those things. Thank you. Give her a hand. <laughs> call those things that are not as though they were. And I'm going to challenge you. Some of this message is going to challenge you. I remember being in a pastor meeting one time. This isn't in my sermon. Uh, but I want to share. What she said is so true. I was, in a, I was in a meeting one time, and I remember some of the pastors afterwards were mad and they were offended that, they, that this one of the pastors had gone up and tried to help a man out of his wheelchair. And I was believing for it. I was ready. I was like, let's go. Acts chapter 5. Reach out your hand. What I, silver and gold I don't have. See, the problem is in America's church, now we say silver and gold that we have, but we don't have the power. But in the Bible... Right? In the Bible, Peter said, well, I don't have any money for you, but I know you've been begging for a long time, but I got what you actually need. to rise up and walk. Yes, miracles offend you, right? Yes, miracles are offensive because they offend our logic. Oh, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. I can't believe something I can't understand. The entirety of faith is believing in something you don't understand. A virgin got pregnant. That's a miracle. If you believe that, if you believe Jesus can rise up from the dead, a man who was born to a virgin, then I certainly hope you can believe that somebody can heal an ankle or an elbow or a migraine. Come on. Guys, I woke up with a migraine this morning, right? And I said, God, you're going to heal me. I know you're going to heal me. And uh, I didn't have migraine for two months lately. I was feeling great. It was, it was awesome. The last, just the last week I've had them. And I know it's season change. And I know every August this happens. But I'm saying what she's saying. It doesn't matter if every August I have it. I am going to say, Lord, I stand on your word that says I am healed and that your blood heals me. I stand on Isaiah 53 that says, by your stripes, God, I am healed. Oh, man, come on. We're on page two. Come on. Touch your neighbor and say, get ready. Mark chapter 16. This is going to challenge you. This challenges me. I used to preach this as a youth pastor. I mean, I'm 18 years into ministry and this still challenges me. Go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons and will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Now, don't worry. We don't got any cobras or Kool-Aid for you today. Come on. We're not going there. <laughs> cobras or Kool-Aid. Did I really just say that? Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> Sometimes I laugh later at what I said in the sermon. I'm like, Holy Spirit, you got to help me. You got to help me out. Cobras and Kool-Aid. That's a sermon for another day. But listen, I'm not saying, you, you know, you drink the Kool-Aid and you say, let's test it. Let's get a snake. No, listen, but I am saying that God can and will heal you. 
Guys, I know I've told you the story, but I'm going to tell you again. I watched a woman's ankles go from about six to seven inches to about three inches in front of my eyes. I'll never forget it. You can't convince me otherwise that God can't heal. I saw it. I, I watched it. I watched it. You could put a gun to my head and say, hey, say that healings don't, don't happen. I'm like, I'm sorry. I know what I saw. It's like that new song, Don't You Tell Me He, he Can't Do It. I love that song. Sometimes I just start yelling in my car. Come on. <laughs> I want to ask you this. Would Jesus tell you to heal the sick if it wasn't possible? Think about that. John, when you're on that trail, and who knows, I could be prophesying, by the way, because sometimes that happens. When you're on that trail with Debbie and you come across another hiker, it's hurt. You don't have to say, well, we have services at 930 in Kinsman. I want to give you the address. No, you are the address. You are, you are the temple of God. You're the ark right there, and you can pray for healing. Amen? And everybody's, where you are is different. See, I, I, was, I was asking this morning, I was rereading my sermon. I said, Lord, how can I make it clear? Now, this is going to be a funny illustration, but I hope it helps. For many Christians, for many of us in the room, it's like you have a Bugatti in the driveway, but you're like, eh, I'll take the Prius. Does anybody own a Prius and you're deeply offended right now? I apologize. So many Christians, Jesus and his power resides within you. But we behave and live as if it doesn't. Come on, I'm preaching to myself. There's times when the Holy Spirit has told me to pray for someone. And then later I got in the car and the Holy Spirit's like, why didn't you do it? I'm like, I don't know. And then I'm thankful for the times I do, but there's been times I've disobeyed too and not, not followed that prompting. How many of you guys have ever felt that nudge from the Holy Spirit to say, pray? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Guys, I don't know about you, but if Jesus said, I believe if Jesus said, go preach the gospel and heal the sick, he meant it. He meant it. I have so many stories I could tell you. I'll tell you a few throughout the sermon I was on stage one time with Lydia uh, Stanley, and we watched a girl's eyesight come, come back right there. She was blind. Her teacher was there. Her, her parents weren't there. Her teacher brought her, and she, the teacher shared with, through tears that she was so tired of seeing this girl's frustration in class, and God healed her eyesight. I'll never forget that. Ask yourself this question. I'm going to say it again. Would Jesus say, heal the sick if he didn't think it was possible? He would not. He wants us to walk in the authority that he's given us. We've been given all authority to heal like Jesus did. We're his ambassadors. I could give you so many scriptures. I'm going to give you just a few today. We are his steward. We are co-laborers with Christ. His power that works deeply within us. So who is man? You are the image of God on the earth. You are to govern and steward. You think about what God gave Adam in the garden. God gave him dominion and God gave them dominion. And they named all the animals. That must have been cool, right? That must have been really awesome. Giraffe, right? What is that? I don't know. Platypus? Let's just throw out something. Right? They named everything. 
And, and God, through Jesus, restores much of what, or all, I should say, of what was in the garden. In fact, the scripture even says it's even a better covenant. Come on, Hebrews 10, it's a better. Everybody say better. It's even better than the former covenant. It's even better. Philippians 1.27, this is a verse that I've been wrestling with for years. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourself in a manner worthy of the good news. Let's pause for a minute. If Jesus said, I'm going to teach you how to pray. God, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth. Everybody say on earth. You and I are called to pray this and to do this, to bring the realities of heaven into earth. You say, whoa, dude, that's too abstract. I can't understand that. I can't fully understand it either. All I know is I see it happen all the time, every day of my life. I see God's love, love come in and break bondages and sadness and depression. I see God's healing touch heal people who need healed. And you and I can start walking in that. Imagine if, Imagine if the 220-ish people that come on a Sunday, the kinsmen, all were to start saying, you know what? I'm going to believe what Pastor Jordan was talking about. I'm going to believe the word, and I'm actually going to pray for the sick. And what if you started praying for the sick and sealing, sealing, seeing miracles? How many guys think that would be cool? Come on, John 10, I do not speak my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, does his works. I want to say, remind you, it's not you doing the work, it's Jesus. Even Jesus himself saying, it's not me, it's the Father doing the work. I just do what I, I hear the Father doing. I, I say what I hear the Father saying. You are seated with him in heavenly places. Do you know who you are? Christian, do you know who you are? And see, I know a verse like a, a sermon like this will challenge you because some of you are like, Pastor Jordan, I'm just trying to get to Wednesday. Right? Because I know some of you, even if you're not shaking your head, internally you're going, listen, seeing miracles and manna coming out of the sky and provision. I don't know what. Listen, I live in the real world. So did the Apostle Paul when he said, from the real world prison. You guys think you had a bad day. This guy is in cold chains. Right? And he said to him, who can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine? I pray that you are rooted in love. Rooted in the love of God. Rooted in the power of God. So it doesn't matter if you are in chains or if you have a really difficult boss or maybe a really difficult coworker. God can make you so rooted in love. See what I'm talking about? That, that the ethereal meets the practical, that, that heaven meets earth, that the stars meets the dirt. And what we have to do is start living in this healthy tension. Some, some believers, and I've met them and you've met them, they're, they're always in the sky, right? They're always in the sky. And so they have a hard time with practical things. They, there are Christians who love, 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 love Bible studies. And they say, give me more Bible studies. I'm, I'm attending 18 Bible studies. Pastor, I need two more. But they've never told anybody at their work about Christ. They don't know any of their neighbors' names. They don't. It's all I, I'm going to live in, up there. 
But Jesus says, I'm right here. I'm in the dirt with you. And this is what prayer does. Prayer connects heaven to earth. Prayer connects heaven to earth. Because see, on a Sunday, we can say like, I believe this, I believe that about the kingdom. But when we pray, our hearts come into alignment with the will of God. Right? When we pray, our hearts come into alignment with the, with the, the kingdom of God, the will of God. That's why Jesus says, whatever you pray according to the will of God, it, nothing's going to be too hard for you. Nothing is impossible. I was reading this week. Oh, man, I really need to stick to my notes. I was reading this week where Jesus, he actually curses a fig tree and it dies. Did you read that too this week? Right? Yeah, it dies. And the disciples are like, he needs a Snickers. He is hangry. Have you guys ever read that? And you seriously, come on, be honest with me. You read there like, Jesus had a temper? No. Jesus didn't have a temper, but here's the thing. It did die. And you know what he said to follow it? Nothing is going to be impossible for you if you believe according to the will of God. And I just want to say that what the Lord's challenging me is, is to really believe it. To really believe what the word of God says. Amen? The kingdom of God is coming in not just miracles, but it's showing mercy, empathy, and kindness. I want to tell you a story about a good friend of mine. They uh, own a business. And one of their employees was going through something. And you know what? They didn't, they, they treated that employee with kindness and mercy, paid time off. Let's talk about this over a meal, right? They, they treated their employee like a disciple. It was heaven coming to earth. The kingdom of God, when I'm saying kingdom of God come to earth, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's not just miracles and legs growing back or eyesight being healed. It's kindness of the Father. Amen? Everybody say kindness of the Father. Now this is going to challenge us. Look, what's the rest of that passage in Mark 6, 16, 19? The Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven. And he sat down at the right hand of God. So they witnessed him taken up into heaven. They went out and preached everywhere. Say this with me. Preached. While the Lord worked with them and confirmed. Everybody say confirmed. Confirmed the message with accompanying signs. Everybody say signs. Signs. Right? Miracles. One of my favorite miracle stories is from Heidi Baker. She has a bunch of orphanages all around the world, and she was visiting one of the orphanages, and some of you have heard this story. It's one of my favorite ones. And they ran out of soup. Well, they were running out of soup. There was only a little bit left. And Heidi Baker has this real childlike, I don't know if you've ever heard her uh, speak or share, but just this real childlike faith. And she says, Jesus, if you can multiply the bread and the loaves, you can multiply this soup. And that was it. Lord, I just pray you multiply the soup. She opens her eyes. She starts scooping, and she just scooped and just kept scooping. Just kept scooping. Just keep scooping. Just keep scooping. Right? Sorry. I'm a Disney dad. <laughs> right? The soup didn't run out. They fed all the kids. It was fine. How many believe that? All right. So now I want to challenge you. Because if I share that and you say, I don't know. Then God is challenging you. And that is a good thing. Because he's causing us. He's reminding us to believe again that God can do anything. Anything. Everybody say anything. What is a miracle? A miracle is when heaven's reality invades earth's problem. 
Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, people are healed. They're free from fear and anxiety. People are filled with joy and wonder. They wonder at the beauty of God. They love Father God. How many of you guys want to see that in your life? I want to see that no matter where I go. So your life, what is, what is the scripture saying through these verses? Your life can be incredibly enriching and more, much more meaningful than it currently is. I know my life is so much more meaningful when I allow myself to stop the, the logic and the rationalization of my disobedience and pray for someone. Has anybody else ever done what I, have you ever rationalized your own disobedience? Like someone's telling you to, God's telling you to pray for someone. It's like, well, I don't want to make them late for work. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to get in my car as fast as I can and turn on the fish. I'm going to turn on worship music so I can ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sorry, we got too real, didn't we? Okay. God wants to make your life rich and meaningful where you're taking the kingdom of God wherever you go. But so many Christians have a Bugatti in the driveway, but they're driving a Prius. And they think that life consists of going to work nine to five, a meal, and Netflix. Your life can be more. Turn to your neighbor and say more. I want to say it one more time just in case you did. I'm going to stare right in your eyeballs just in case you're not getting. That step is getting bigger with age. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> oh, I felt that one. Um, your life can be more than nine to five, dinner, and Netflix. It's a good spot for an amen right there, right? I mean, I'm right in front of your face, so you kind of feel obligated to, right? Your life is meant as a believer to be carrying the kingdom of God everywhere you go. So when it's dark on the football field or the locker room or it's dark at work or it's dark morally, wherever you are, you bring the light of the gospel and it lights everything up. Amen? You know, when some people travel to America, right, they spend years waiting to get their papers declaring they're now citizens, welcome citizens, giving them the rights to every opportunity available to American citizens. I was thinking about this. Because we just read, well, we're called to be citizens of heaven in Philippians 2, right? Until they get those papers, they're left out of many privileges and opportunities, chances at employment, education, and many other things that are taken for granted by us are out of reach for them. They're just not able to check that box on their application, U.S. citizenship. We see that and we just, yeah, U.S. citizen. But that alone keeps them from many of the opportunities and obligations. I want to propose that our love for others and our actions to bring people closer to Christ serve as our papers. Proof. Jesus said, this is how the world will know you are mine, by your love for one another. You know what compels you to pray for someone? Love. Love. Amen? A love that motivates you to, to have compassion and empathy for someone who is hurting. We are citizens of heaven, Scripture says. Citizens means you have the rights and certain privileges that foreigners do not have. And with those rights comes obligations and certain rules to follow. There's a way of living that so many Christians are not experiencing, a joy and fulfillment of bringing the light of the kingdom of God to a broken world. And as believers, you are heirs of the kingdom. 
You're heirs of this better promise, Hebrews says. You're ambassadors, Paul says. You are living stones being built together so that when you foster a child, when you pray for someone at Aldi's, when you witness to your boss, whatever it is you do, you're bringing the light of the gospel. Think about the early church. Acts 5 and other passages indicate to us that it was normal, think about this, for the early Christians to have sick people brought to them and for those people to be healed. It was normal. It says that they were bringing the sick and those tormented with unclean spirits to the apostles' feet and they were praying and seeing miracles. How many say, I want to see that? member in our church, I'll let her share her own testimony one day, but she was at the store and was prayed for by Destiny and Nolan. You see, just wave at us over there. Hi, Nolan's the loud one that, that, that tore it up on the guitar today. Give them a hand. <laughs> Destiny's uh, child offers to pray for this lady and she's like, no, by the way, their children are like the cutest, like literally, I, I just look at them and say, I'm just gonna fold you up and put you in my pocket and take you home, you know, so cute. So cute. So you're not going to deny getting prayer from these little kids, right? And they're like, can I pray for you? And, this, and, and she said, of course you can pray for me. And she was healed. And this woman has called me three times, I want to say, in the last few months to just make sure. She goes, Jordan, I, don't want you, I want you to make sure you understand. I had terrible pain all night long, every night, until I got prayer from that little girl. And I've been completely healed. Amen. Come on. If Jesus can do it, and how old is she? Just shout it. Five. If Jesus can do it through a five-year-old, can he do it through you? How many say we need to be childlike again? The supernatural reality of God is real. When heaven invades earth, it's real. And sometimes we are intimidated by the liar that we talked about last week. Well, I have a verse for you. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you brought about by the laying of hands. For God gave you a spirit not of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control. Another translation says of power, of love, and a sound mind. And a lot of times the enemy gets into your mind and gets you to believe condemnation, gets you to believe all kinds of ridiculous lies. Well, you're not as spiritual as others, so you should really let others pray for the sick. You should really, you shouldn't be on that prayer team, right? Donna's sharing about join the prayer team for the, uh, the big outreach in September. And you're like, well, there's more spiritual people than me. Have you guys ever bought into that lie? I have. There's more spiritual people than me. I'll let them do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. It's God working in you. Some of you are like, I just yelled at my kids last week. We all did. It's called parenting. Right? Did I just say that in the mic? Okay. You're going to have times when you're like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I messed it. I blew it. So, you know, God can't use me anymore. No, listen. That's what Satan wants you to believe because he wants your mouth shut. But Jesus says you are the light of the world, a city on a hill, a lamp that cannot be hidden. Amen? Jesus conquered all of this sickness, all of this garbage at the cross. I was in a Bible study this week and they read this verse. And I said, this is so cool because I have this verse in my sermon on Sunday. Everybody stand up to your feet as we read this. Amen. 
Therefore, as you received Christ, Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I want you to just listen to this. I don't think I have it on the screen. I want you to just listen to this. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. That's the verse that I put on uh, almost every graduate's card when I was a youth pastor. See to it that you're not deceived by human philosophy according to the elemental spirits of the world. We talked about that late, last week. Not according to Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of the deity dwells. In Jesus, all of the Godhead dwells. God the Father, God, God the Spirit, it, it's, it's given to us in the image of Christ. That's what incarnation means. It means God's deity put into human form. Now listen to this. Check this out. This is mind-blowing. You have been filled in him. Somebody say, whoa. Come on, somebody say, whoa. Who is the head of all rule and authority? In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh. So he's giving that as a metaphor. By the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism. This is why we do water baptism. In which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. You who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all of your trespasses. Everybody say all. By canceling the record of debt. Guys, it's like you are a convict and your record no longer follows you. Come on, think about that. Because I know some of you, I read this or I preach, and some of you think, yeah, but Pastor Jordan, you don't know what I did, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Listen, when you accept Jesus and you say, I receive Jesus as being the one who died in my place on the cross, paid the punishment that I deserved, your record is expunged. It's clean. You're vindicated, you're, you're innocent. Why? Because Jesus stepped in between you and punishment. You, you had punishment coming to you, and Jesus stepped in and took the punishment. Somebody say amen. amen. He canceled the record of debt that stood against you with its legal demands. Oh, this is where it gets the good part. Right? There was a legal demand. Jesus canceled it. Not only did he expunge your record... But he said, oh, by the way, and now they're also a prince, a princess. You're also now a child of God. Given everything that the Father gave me, I'm going to give to you. What? Come on, guys, imagine this. Imagine if you were on death row and you knew you were guilty for murder. You go before the judge and somebody over here who has done nothing wrong his entire life. I mean, this guy, he is a board member. He was a Boy Scout. He was straight A's. And he comes in and he says, I'll die in his place. That's the gospel. Would you be ecstatic about that? Check this out. This is the continuation of the gospel. This is where a lot of people lose that the gospel doesn't end there. The gospel continues in the fact that that man says, not only am I going to take your place, but you're going to be adopted into my father's family. And by the way, we have this big inheritance and it all belongs to you. You'd be like, what? Best day of my life. Right? 
my life. Come on, sing it with me. Don't leave me hanging. I mean, it sounds really dorky by yourself, but if we all do it together. All right. Right? How many of you guys would be shocked? That's what Jesus did for you. Guilty. We were guilty, caught in our sin, standing before the judge. And Jesus is not only the righteous judge, but he's the advocate who steps out of the judge's seat and says, I will actually die for you. Come on. I got a few more verses. You okay? I have the mic, so I have to do it anyway, right? That's right. No, sorry. Pastor joke. Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. You say, well, then, Pastor, why do I feel so defeated? I'll tell you why. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And some of you say, that's a lot for me to wrap my That's like nine prepositional phrases, Pastor Jordan. I'm not understanding. There's a battle for your soul. Jesus already won the victory. And until you get to heaven, you will feel that battle, but you can walk in victory. That's what that's talking about. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you're able to stand, withstand in the evil day, having done all, stand firm. Stand. You know, sometimes there's nothing else you can do but just stand firm in your faith. Sometimes you've already prayed 20, 30, 40 times and you say, there's nothing else I can do about the situation at work. There's nothing else I can do about this prodigal child. All God wants you to do is stand. Stand in the faith that you believe what you're saying, that you believe what you're praying, that you believe that God's word is true. Amen? Fastened the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet, putting on the readiness given to us by the, given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation. I love how it says the helmet of salvation, because sometimes we need reminded that we are saved. Just talk with someone about this uh, over the weekend. We need reminded that we are saved, that his blood did pay the price. Amen? Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. Guys, here's what I want to say. People need a miracle. People are broken and need emotional healing, psychological healing, and physical healing. I was in a seven-hour class yesterday for domestic abuse and domestic violence the numbers are getting higher and higher. It used to be one out of six, then it was one out of five. Now it's one out of four people say that they have been abused. Do you know the number of people hurting in our world? And they need a miracle. They need you to look them in the eyes and say, God loves you. The Father, the King, the Creator of the universe loves you. You say, well, what if I get them into the, uh, look, I'm all for counseling. I'm all for other things. But what I want to say to you is this. God can heal someone's heart and begin a healing process in a matter of 10 seconds. I'm telling you, right there in the middle of a store, right there in your office. And sometimes people will just open up to you. 
Sometimes people will just open up. We've all had that happen, right? It's like, man, okay, that mean, you're thinking while they're talking. That means they feel, this is, I'm a safe person. I, I don't know what to do with all this information, but I'm a safe person. Praise God that they trust you, number one. Number two, now let's pray that God would fill them with his love and healing, healing touch. People are broken and in need of a miracle, in need of the love of God. Sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's emotional and psychological, but I want to tell you, Jesus can heal them. Jesus said in Luke 10, heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Would Jesus have said it if he didn't think it was possible? No. He said, heal the sick and say, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Quick teaching point, the disciples came back to him and they said, Jesus, it works. I can't believe it. Demons are coming out in our name and people are being healed. And he said, by the way, careful, I watched Satan fall like lightning. So be happy that your name is written in the book. So he was saying, I'm proud of you for healing the sick. He wasn't being mean to them. He was just saying, be careful. You don't think it's you healing. If this starts to happen, come on. No, it's Jesus healing, right? You don't have to put your name on, a, your face on a bus and travel, you know. It's Jesus. Say Jesus. It's Jesus doing the work. So I want to invite the prayer team to go up to the sides of the stage here and sides of the room. And I want to pray two things. I want to invite you to two things. If you need a healing in your body, let's go pray for it today. Let's believe for that together. I'm going to stand in faith and believe with you. And if you want to pray for somebody else, if you want to stand in for somebody else who is hurting, go ahead and lift up their name and bring them to the prayer team. And then the second thing I want to pray is if you, if you say, I want to start walking in that. In fact, I want to pray that all together. Let's just bow our heads. Again, if you want to, if you need a miracle in your body, I'd like you to go ahead and exit the chair, exit the pew now, and, and go find a prayer team partner. If you need any healing in your body, don't be, don't be ashamed or anything about it. We all, we all have different healings that we need, different ailments. Come like a child and say, Jesus, 